Hello, welcome to A Book Shambles Extra. Before we get started, as tradition now dictates, here's some admin. Sorry we didn't have an episode last week. We're having a little bit of a, a break over Christmas. We've got Book Shambles Extra this week. We've got some Christmas specials coming up as well in which we spoke to all the people who've been involved with lots of our Christmas shows. So Sophie Ellis, Bexter, Dara O'Brien, Ben Goldacre, Jim Al-Khalili, uh, Matt Parker, lots of different people there. So they'll be coming out over the next couple of weeks. And then in January, early January, we'll be starting season seven proper. And we've got lots of uh, great guests lined up to come and chat with Robin and Josie then. And in the last two weeks as well, we've also had some new stuff on the site and also announced a few big shows that are coming up. So we've already mentioned we're doing four episodes of Book Shambles live in the Elgar Room at Royal Albert Hall next year. Tickets are available for that from the Royal Albert Hall site. But also on June 15, we're doing a huge show in the main hall at Royal Albert Hall. It's called Robin Ince and Chris Hadfield's Space Shambles. Robin and uh, Commander Chris Hadfield will be hosting the show and we're going to tell the entire story of space and space travel in three and a bit hours. And we have got some... uh, fantastic guests secret guests lined up for that and tickets for that we really wanted everyone to be able to come to this show so tickets for that start from just nine pounds so you can go to the royal albert hall site search for space shambles and you'll find that that's june 15 next year and also the cosmic superheroes exhibition has launched uh you can go and view all the all the images at conway hall in person or you can check them out online and check out some interviews that go with it as well at cosmicshambles.com slash superheroes that includes josie and helen chersky and grace petrie lucy green katie brand lots of uh people there coming up with their own superheroes for that And finally, the first of our documentaries that we shot out at CERN is now online uh, with uh, Professor Lucy Green hosting that. So you can find that on the main site as well. And now that is really quite enough admin. Let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome to Book Shambles Extra. This one is with Jimmy Barnes, author of Working Class Man and Frontman of Cold Chisel, uh, warning that this podcast does contain a conversation uh, about suicide and also abuse. This is a Book Shambles Extra, and uh, Josie is in Glasgow. Uh, so we are in London to interview uh, a former Glaswegian Australian, uh, <laughs> well, well, continued Australian, and, and Glaswegian, because you can't ever lose that, I presume, really, um, who's Jimmy Barnes. Uh, of the, you probably get so bored of it being called legendary, but <laughs> Cold Chisel kind of. Cold Chisel, Cold Chisel, a big band is, in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge. Yeah. Um, you are currently over here. You've, you've got a new book, a follow-up to your original Working Class Boy, Working Class Man. Yeah. Um, I'll get straight in there. So that this is, I've watched quite a few interviews, and it seems there is a point in in everyone's life where there's an, there's an old philosophical piece. I think it was Kierkegaard who said that life is lived forward but understood backwards. Yeah. And a point where people seem to go, hang on a minute, I'm beginning to work out why I am the human being that I am yes and certainly working class boy which is is not an all fun and games uh, mm. showbiz memoir in any way about, about, about your childhood yeah it seems that you you reached a point where you had to piece together how you became the human being you are well yeah well it, it was I was sort of kick, kicking and screaming dragged into it actually it was one of those things where um you know, I, I, I'd sort of my life had sort of been like a like a 
like a like a snowball just sort of kept gathering speed and and, and you know and momentum and then I just uh you know, and I and I was just getting more and more out of control the, the older I got, and and I knew I was I knew I was sort of had a lot of issues from my childhood. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that I wrote about in that in that first book, I sort of just pushed to the back of my head. You know, and I never never thought about it. Um, you know, I, I um, you know, I um, there was stuff actually I wrote in that book that I, until I sat down the, the act of sitting down and writing it that I that I completely forgotten about. So. Um, so that that you know that that stuff really really sort of affected me as I grew up, and, and basically what I'm talking about in the new book is the effects of the, of of a, of a childhood that's fraught with bloody uh, violence, you know, domestic violence, um, you know, alcoholism, uh, promiscuity, you know, fear, shame, all that sort of stuff. How that affected me as an adult, and uh, and basically you know you know when, when I've, I've, I've done a lot of, I've, I've done this working class boy tour in, in Australia, and I've spoke to a lot of people who grew up. In similar sort of situations to me, and it seems that a lot of kids who come from that sort of um, disadvantaged sort of you know uh, upbringing tend to try and overachieve. Uh, and you know, they, I remember being at school. I, I, you know, I was a guy who used to sit in school, and I'd be up at the front. I'd be have my hand up, mask and everything. I'd be you know, I'd be really. I'd try hard, and I was. I would end up being top of my class, and I was, I was captain of the football team, and you know, and this sort of this sort of behaviour was. You know, I was always wanting people to like me, so I was trying really hard to do stuff. And basically, when I grew up, I did the same thing. I joined the rock and roll band, and baked, jumped around, going, "Look at me, look at me!" And so, so I found, I found it. You know, the the trauma of 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 a sort of a of of of, of a, a childhood in poverty was sort of a really it was a really good upbringing a good a good training ground to become a rock and roll singer but unfortunately there was a lot of baggage that came with that and over the years that, that I say it was like a snowball it was you know gathering momentum because you know I, you know I, I started off running away you know you know I, I was easy as long as I, when I when I fled from home and you know I ran away and joined the band I didn't think about my childhood. And when I started thinking about it again, I started drinking more, you know, and, and that stopped it. But eventually that didn't work. Then I was taking copious amounts of drugs. No matter what I did, I couldn't get away from my past. And eventually it was going to kill me, you know. So, uh, you know, really, I, I think I think the stuff that's in the, the stuff that's in, the, in these two books uh, was is obviously the key to it all. And, and until I turned and faced, you know, the the issues that I had from, you know, resulting from that, a from that from that uh, childhood, and then B, what the problems that created as an adult. Until I turned and faced them, I was I was basically I was ready to run into a brick wall. So so it's been it's been an interesting thing, uh, you know. I mean, I don't think I could I don't think I could have kept running from it much longer. I think it was uh, I think it was going to kill me one way or another. Uh, so about you know, and about five years ago. I sort of I sort of threw my hands in the air and realized I couldn't deal with any of this stuff anymore. I was really start I'd re, all the stuff that I tried to push to the back of my head and forget about came back to me was kept coming flooding back to me. And so I had, I went and I reached out and I got some help and I started seeing a, a shrink and I, and I started looking at it and addressing the issues that I had and and, and at that point I sort of started to turn things around. So it was it was a bit of a it was a bit of a, a tough slog, and and now and of course you know twenty twenty hindsight you know I can look back at it and look and see you know for for forty five years there I sort of I was you know literally bashing my head against the wall I was I was slowly drinking myself well, actually quite rapidly drinking and and you know trying to kill myself really. So is it you you I saw you talking about the fact that you know you kind of been exposing yourself on stage for forty years, but actually has it changed? You know when you were on stage before and in the in the early days when you're creating these 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 incredible shows, um, is that was that in some ways part of the concealing? And yet now when you go on stage, it's it's a it's an act of revealing, or 
were those moments on stage, those two, three-hour gigs, was that the bit where you thought, oh, that yeah, this a, is who I think, this is what I am? No, they, 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 for a while, what happened was, those, those, the time that I was on stage was, was probably the only time where I felt free. You know, where, where I didn't have to think about the past, I didn't have to think about the future, and nobody could tell me what I was doing right or wrong. I didn't, I didn't, think, I didn't have time to think in, I did, or stay in my own head. But for, it was like, I, I've, sort of, I've sort of likened it to be in the eye of the storm, you know? Like, I've, I'd be, the world would be like a shit fight around me. I'd create all this trouble, and then, uh, you know, I'd just be always getting myself in trouble. I'd get on stage, and then for like two, three hours on stage, it was like being in the calm, in the calm of the eye of the storm. I'd be there, and suddenly I felt, you know, this was this was my turf. This is where I was comfortable. This is where I was. I was directly relating to people, you know. But it was I was poor. I'd get up there. It was like being. It was like having primal therapy every single day of the week. I'd get up there, and I could lay my emotions and my and my my fears and my my you know you know the the intensity, the fear, the aggression, the hope, the love. I could lay it all out on the table and not be judged or, 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 or taken up, you know, or, you know, cornered by it. Uh, so that, so the, I, became, that, the, I realized that that was my only, that was my, that was my, the only time I was actually free was when I was on stage. But uh, even then, because uh, because it was sort of this thing where I I knew you know I I I can tell now that I that I had to deal with all this stuff and and whether I liked it or not I was slowly taking that 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 moment of, of freedom was was getting less and less every night you know because I was just you know getting more unhinged I was becoming drinking more I was taking way too many drugs. And so I was eating into the time where I could actually feel free, and it took me like it took me to the point where where I literally uh, I woke up in a hotel room in in um, in Auckland uh, with a and, a and a and I found this you know dressing room uh, going cord you know tied around a bloody rail and I don't, I remembered having having my you know my neck in it and dangling in it and uh, and I, and I didn't die. It took me to that point to realise that you know this is it. I've got to turn and look at all the shit. And and from that day, even when, from the first time I sort of went and tried to get help, then suddenly I've, I've just it's it's sort of all unraveled, and it's re- it's really cool. And now now you know all those things that that I've been running from for my whole life are still there, but but at least I'm looking at them. You know, whereas before I was trying to I was trying to run away from them, and I just uh, and I, you know one of the big things I've realised: no matter how fast you run, no matter how far you run, if you're running from stuff, it's always going to catch it. You know, so you've got to deal and start turning and face things. That's sort of, you know, that was my, that was my revelation, I guess. A lot of the, the reaction to the book seems to be that you've kind of, you've given permission to a lot of people, people who don't have the ability, you know, to, or, or the chance to go on stage. I was thinking about, with, with by coincidence, in Adelaide, because you mentioned the, 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 uh, the suicide attempt, that when I was in Adelaide about two years ago, I met this woman uh, after a gig, and at one point she said to me, uh, she said, you comedians need to write more about suicide. Yeah. And then she explained that her daughter had killed herself mm-hmm. and that she wanted to get, you know, things like that into what we, you might call low culture, you know, which is whether it's music or whether it's stand-up comedy, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. These are things which are available to everyone. It's not That's exactly right. Yeah. And so I'm fascinated to know, you know, it seems that lots of people have had a reaction of going, well, hang on a minute, if Jimmy can talk about this, mm. if, if someone who is, is to them a, a rock icon 
it gives them permission well, to discuss I th- it well, as well. I think there's a, I think there's a, there's a similarity in Australia, and probably most of the Western world, but certainly in Britain and Australia, where where men don't like to talk about weakness. Men don't like to show weakness. Men don't talk about their problems with each other. Not very unless they're pissed, <laughs> unless they're in the pub drinking. You know, uh, uh, you know. I I mean, I I remember growing up. I I, you know, I was always you know I'm, I'm a Glaswegian. We're, I come from a you know long line of fucking hard men. You know, uh, you know. It's men don't like to like to sort of show any sign a weakness um and if you and if you ask for help it's it's, it's showing you weak if you know i mean when i when i grew up if, if somebody was seeing a, a psychiatrist or a, psych, a psychologist they were crazy you know mm. they were just crazy that didn't mean you know and that was you know that was that was weak uh so um I, I think the fact that i started to write about this stuff um sort of started the conversation in, in australia anyway where uh, a lot of blokes because i because i'd sort of i've been sort of you know the, this rock singer you know people People sort of lived vicariously through me. I was the wild one for everybody, you know. Um, and but because I could stand and say, "Look, hey, I've got problems. I, you know, I'm not afraid to sort of put my hand up and say, you know, I'm get, I need help." Um, it, it sort of started a conversation. A lot of other people, a lot of other blokes who, um, you know, who, who, who realised, you know, I mean, just you know, there was there was a lot of things besides the violence and you know, um, and, and and booze and all that in, in our in our in our childhood you know there was sexual abuse and all this sort of stuff and because I started a conversation this all of a sudden I think it it opened the gates a bit and let people sort of start a conversation or at least say hey I've got problems too and that and and I found that really it was um it was a bit of a it was a bit of a shock because suddenly people were opening up to me and saying you know you know you, you know how do how can you help me with this? And I and I really I wasn't qualified to help anybody, so I just sort of started the conversation and saying, look, the best thing you can do is get help. Um, when I when I went on and started writing the second book, you know, because that that all those all those same issues that I, that I started this conversation with, they led me to the point where I was I was dangling off the off a rope, you know, and uh, and 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 suicide is a huge huge problem in Australia, particularly with uh, with young males, you know, twenty or you know teenagers through to you know. 40, 45 year old, you know, and they don't they don't deal with the shit, and and it ends up it ends up killing them, and uh, and and suicide isn't, and so now I've got people coming up and talking to me about suicide and asking for you know about help, and I'm really I'm just trying to sort of you know I'm just all like all I do with all this stuff is is sort of point people and you know get help, try and get help, but but I think. As, as sad as it sounds really tough and it sounds really sad and it sounds sort of unanswered and all that sort of stuff but I think just starting the conversation like that woman said to you in Adelaide it's getting somebody it's start this conversation in in a way where it's not you know you know stigmatized and it's not it's not something that you know people are afraid to talk about is a healthy thing because there's a lot of people out there you know and you know and I don't care you know I don't give a fuck if you're if you're a rock and roll singer or a plumber you know we're all we're all the same we've all got the same hopes fears dreams you know we, we all suffer uh, and uh, and it, it doesn't matter you know i just happen to do it in, in the in the inside the sort of this this rock and roll sort of lifestyle which, which which sort of if anything exaggerated it and sometimes glorified it made it look look made it look like it was sort of you know you know acceptable to drink yourself to death and stuff like that so that's um, one of the hardest things isn't it? Yeah. which is the moment any of these things are in documentaries or whatever it's very easy to some of the people who have died from those things where it's still oh that must be glad and of course it wasn't yeah well them, that's one of the very I was, difficult thing not to I was, I was so careful with this with the second book I didn't you know I didn't want to 
you know, uh, glamorised. You know, you know, it was it was it's, it's pathetic, but I, but I didn't I didn't want to glamorise. You know, being a bloody being in a rock and roll band. You know, the, the promiscuity, the fucking booze. You know, uh, the fear. I didn't I didn't I, I laid it out as, as what it was. You know, this was me struggling with life. This was me trying to deal with the with the with um, the stuff that, that that had haunted me for my whole life. And I, but I wanted to put it out there as as honestly and as fairly as a good so that other people could go good let's talk about it you know let's get let's get it out there so you know and and it's really easy when you start talking about this stuff it's really easy to sort of lean that way you know and start you know telling war stories and you know you know rock and roll you know you try you talk about drug and and booze you know the consumption and that and it's just it's really simple it's really a fine line where it becomes sort of the bragging or you know so i had to sort of say about what i was consuming and stuff only to point out the you know, make a point of how bad I was. Not, but and and not. You know, if if you want to glorify it, you go and buy the Motley Crue book. You know, or something. You know, I mean, which is a very funny book, but it's not. It's, but it's it's not really. It's it, it, when I read the Motley Crue book, I see a lot of different things that other people. Like, I'm sure that a lot of people don't see because I know what I was living through. Yeah, that's what I find quite amazing. Is you, and I think it's it sounds from some of the things that you were slightly surprised about the amount of recall you have mm. for for someone who was living the life at that speed, yeah. you know, drinking drugs. That when you started putting it together, you found mm. out the pieces were there. Yeah, you know, they're all there. They're, you know, and the thing is, I, I think you know, I, I, you know, I tried, I tried really hard not to think about a lot of this stuff for a long time, and and I'm, and I sort of succeeded, but it was always just eating away at me. It was always there. It was always, you know, it was always just, and and it was more fragmented, and and it was made, it made it harder to make sense of, you know, for me. When I sat down and tried to look at it, you know, in the cold, clear light of day, and started writing it down. I was I was I was shocked how much I remembered, and I was shocked how much came back to me, and and it it, it was difficult. The process was difficult to look at it in a, in the cold clear light of day, but it, but it, putting those pieces all together and rebuilding it all to look at it was actually a big help, you know. So it was um, it was really it was it's like it was, it was you know I was getting therapy by writing it writing it down. I mean every every it was so cathartic. Every time I every page I wrote, I felt a weight lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. Did you have any moments where there was something that came back to you? You thought, "Hang on, that can't be right." You thought, "Well, I'll ring Don Walker or, oh, or ring one of your siblings yeah. or whatever, and just say, I'm thinking, did this happen?'" This- but yeah, there was a, there was a lot of stuff that um, there's a lot of stuff that you know. I mean, and and I've looked at this from through both books. I mean, I, I talk about in the, in the first book being afraid as kids. When I remember my sister used to take us when my, my parents were fighting, and it was really violent. My my sister used to hide us all in the in the wardrobe, you know, to to get and cover us with pillows and 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 all sorts of stuff to muffle the noise so we couldn't hear them belting each other. Um, and I realised I've spoke to my siblings about it, and I realised that we're all in that same wardrobe and we're all seeing exactly the same things, but we all remember it differently. Uh, you know, and the same and the same with the cold chisel stuff and and the band stuff. I I didn't I know that some of that stuff is probably you know uh, maybe not a hundred percent accurate. You know, but but it, what it is, what I had to do was I had to sit and sort of. I didn't want to write. Um, this is this is you know this is this 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 just facts. I wanted to write how I, I felt and how I how it was to me. So I could only I could only write how how all the you know everything I've done emotionally affected me. There was a few things where you know I did check some dates with Don Walker. I did check some. I rang Ian Moss. Who, you know all the guys remember different stuff. You know there was times when I rang my my siblings and you know and and talked to them about stuff. And and sometimes it was really helpful and sometimes it just clouded things. You know I I really one of the things. I learned about writing was um, you know I, I 
if you start um, getting too many opinions, you know, then then you sort of start editing yourself, you know, too much. And I just, I, I wanted to get this out. I wanted to purge. I wanted to write it down and then go back and look at it and look at, and and maybe fact check some stuff. But I, but I didn't do it while I was in the process of writing it too much because it just became a, a pain in the ass. You know, I remember talking to my brother. I was talking to my brother about about um, about some of the stuff in here. And he just sort of denied stuff completely. No, no, that never happened, Jim. Man, you know, John, remember when we were in gangs? Oh, I, said, I was never in a gang. I said, well, who were those fucking 40 blokes who used to hang around who used to beat people up? Oh, they were just friends. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, so, so I'd say, okay, John, you weren't in a gang. I was in a gang. <laughs> so I, I can only write from my perspective. And, and that's, that's the sort of, that's the way it is for, for both of these books. Um, and, and when I write from my own perspective, I, you know, I, I write what I see and I write what I felt. More, more importantly, I, I think for me the the importance was writing about the feelings and writing about about the emotional uh, effect of of what I was doing on myself and how I perceived it was affecting the people around me. I, you know, I I couldn't talk for other people. How much has it changed your? what it's like to be on stage because when when you feel like you're concealing something or when there's that moment where you go now I can express myself and, mm. and everything else is, is, is kept in but now you're expressing that and you're still obviously performing is well, that do you get a different feeling on stage? well it's funny because you know the, all the, the so- writing songs over the years uh, you know I can see where the songs are like snapshots of things and and where I, you know where I, I'd only allowed so much emotion to be to be captured in each song because I didn't want to fucking face a lot of stuff I didn't want I didn't want I didn't I hadn't looked at it enough or I, or I, or I didn't want to reveal myself too much to the, to the public now I can sing the same songs and I can feel much more connected to the lyrics and I can feel that like I know the backstory I know I'm not Afraid of of the the emotions that the Lee's lyrics carry. So when I'm on stage, it's actually it's actually much more emotional now. Uh, it's much more, um, you know. I have I certainly haven't mellowed. It's 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 as intense as ever, uh, and I think it's probably more intense because I'm actually feeling it more. Um, you know, and and that's that's that that's um, that's true about uh, everything from from the songs I've written myself. You know, even even a song like No Second Prize. You know, I mean, I, I've sang it for. 35 years, 40 years nearly. And um, and it's just, you know, and for a while there, it was just sort of this thing where I was just, just bludgeoning, you know, try to drive this point home that, you know, you don't lie down, there's no second prize. But I realised that you know that when I was a kid and when I and when I was a young songwriter, I I, I was so afraid that I, I I actually that was that was like a mantra for me. I didn't I you know I didn't think there was a, there was any other way out. And now when I sing that, I sing it with much more venom because I I can actually feel what I was feeling at the time when I wrote it. You know, so you know you you it, I think the, I think the process of writing has has opened my eyes as a as a songwriter. It's op- and certainly opened up um, you know the 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 channels. That, you know, so that I can feel more, and I can feel everything I'm I'm singing. I can relate. You know, even singing Don songs. You know, I've, I've always thought that Don Walker wrote. You know, that's, when it, when I read his songs, I, I related so much to his songs. I felt like he was reading, reading my mail or something. You know, I felt like he, you know he knew stuff about me that I, he wasn't telling me. Uh, now I, I can see he's just a really good songwriter, and I and, and everybody who reads his lyrics sort of interprets them their own way. But I can feel those songs more now because I'm allowing myself to feel. Which is which? It's an amazing thing. It's much better for me, and I, and I think that's a that's a that's that's 
that that relationship I have with myself affects every relationship I have, not just the way I sing, but how I relate to other human beings, my family, my my kids, my wife. You know, it's amazing. Did you ever have you found yourself ever seeing one of one of your early songs as you were doing this and gone, oh? I just thought it was a bunch of words that made a song. Yeah. And now you can see sometimes that, that lay behind it, or, or was it all out there? Uh, you know, most of it's out there. Most of it's out there. There was certain... I, I know there was times where, where I could see growth, like um, the graph would grow, you know, it would change, where I, where I can see... look, I can look at it now, you know, looking back, and, and see moments where I, I revealed more than, than I really understood at the time. You know, there's certain albums... You know, I've spoken about... The, there's an album I did when I moved to France called Cyclone, and, uh, and it wasn't... I don't think it's my greatest record ever, but, but I remember feeling suddenly there was something I was starting to write songs that meant more to me and I look at the lyrics and I'm now and, and, and really it's the first time I can see that all, all the, the issues that I'm talking about in these books started to rear their, head, rear their heads even you know, more obviously in the lyrics of the songs I was writing um, I'm just a man who has problems But, I, but I, even you know, you know, even back to um, you know, you know the, the you know earliest songs I wrote. You know, it's I, I you know I can see I can see that the, you know that they were all little little glimpses, little windows. Uh, I probably like you know write a note to self. You know, like hey, you got this shit to deal with. You know, and and th- and these were there all the way along. It's just a matter of you know when I, when I actually sort of started, you know, when I started to uh, you know listen to my to my own. To my own sort of voice and and and, and you know start doing stuff about it. I, you know, I, I the, the more I wrote, the, the more I wrote, and it was the, directly about what what I what I had to deal with. The more it scared me for a long time. And uh, now now it doesn't. You know, now it doesn't. And and uh, you know I've started. You know, the, since I finished this book, uh, you know I've written a lot of lyrics, a lot, lot of songs. Uh, so I, and I'm, I've recorded about five or six songs already. Uh, for a new album, and I just think that, that the songs have come of age, and they, 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 it's you know it's going to be quite an insightful record, you know, which is uh, which is going to be re- it's really interesting. So because it's all out there, <laughs> you know, I've got nothing to hide behind. Is that one of the problems? Sometimes you know when when you're you're young and you're in your twenties, and sometimes you hear older artists saying, "Oh, you haven't really found your voice until yeah. you know generally," and and when you're young, you go, "No, that's rubbish." Twenty two, I know everything. Yeah, yeah. And then is it been a surprise to you as you go and go, "Oh no, I'm I'm still learning. This is I'm still finding and and becoming more comfortable to be a human being." Yeah. You know what I I you know I I I can go I. I found my voice when I was seventeen. I, you know, I really, you know, I can hear, you know, the um, the anger and the fear. Like I said, the anger and the fear and the love and the hope and the shame. I can hear all that in the voice that I was saying. You know, I didn't realize why I was doing it then. It was sort of like it was it was like a cry in the dark. You know, now I can see it uh, and 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 I can I can direct it more when it's you know you know when things when I felt things too close in in the, in the old days. You know, I would just I would just sort of. You know, if anything scared me, I'd get I'd get harder, I'd get tougher, and I'd get more aggressive. Uh, now I can actually live with the feelings more, so I can, you know, I'll, I I find my voice in, but now I can actually live with my voice and 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 feel it and let it run its course before I before I get aggressive and change it. <laughs> so I think I'm a better singer because of it, and I'm, I'm certainly a better human being because of it. Is there any bit of you that ever, when when you were doing this, you think, ah, oh, I wonder, would it have been better? For none of those things to happen in my child, and I just had a kind of normal, quiet life. Uh, listen, you know what? I, I I thought about it, and I think you know, 
there's so much shit that we went through, you know, as a kid and, 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 and shit that I put myself through as an adult that um, I, um, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't wish it on a, a dog, wouldn't wish it on anybody else. But in saying it, I wouldn't take any of it back because it's brought me to where I am now. And, you know, I've got, you know, I've got 13 grandchildren. I've got, you know, beautiful family. Uh, I, you know, I know myself. I feel at ease. I like who I, I'm starting to like who I am. Uh, and I wouldn't be here if I hadn't gone through all that. So, uh, I, you know, it's, it's, I would like, I wish I could have done it an easier way, but I don't know if there is an easier way. Life, you know, life is meant, you, you find your, you find your, yourself on the journey that's what it's all about you know and there's probably an easier way of done it but you know like I don't think I would have been you know I wouldn't have had the I wouldn't have had um, I wouldn't have had the drive I wouldn't have had the the um, the aggression I wouldn't have had the the uh, the, the, the emotion on tap that I had uh, without the, you know having that all those all those feelings there within me all that fear and all that you know aggro and all that love and all that need and you know if I didn't have that there to draw on I probably wouldn't have been the singer I was and you know and I wouldn't be the person I am now so you know you've got to, you've got to sort of embrace it I guess <laughs> I think it's a good one to end on the and his book out now in the UK books out now in the UK um, yeah Harper Collins uh, and and you know I, the, thing, the thing is, I'm, I'm looking at it again today. I've just been skimming through it. You know, I don't think it's, it's a particularly Australian story. I think it's a, it's quite, you know, it's quite, um, it's quite universal. I think there's, a, I think a lot. Of, it's a story about a bloke trying to find his feet, and and I think that's a, I think that's a problem that you know a lot of blokes have, and you know, um, you know, and and and, and the, you know, it, I, you know, it's, I don't want it, I don't want it to be successful for the sake of it. But if, I think if people read it and they can relate to it. If they can get a laugh out of it, and if they can see stuff in themselves or learn stuff about themselves, then then it's, then it's worth doing. I've already it's already served its purpose for me. And the day I wrote it, I could have torn it up and thrown it away because I it already let me realize all the shit that I had to realize. So I'm really happy with it. It's good. We're looking online at the reaction to it as well. To mm. uh, you know, both both of them. Yeah, it seems to you know the the the, the there's purpose beyond your purpose. In yeah, that. yeah, it's I like think I think so. I think so, and it's certainly like I say in in saying that the, my purpose has been it's been you know. I mean, I'm so thankful for the process of or the, the the chance to write because it, it sort of brought me, you know, kicking and screaming into the into the real world, and it's made me a better human being for it. You know, I think so. It reminded me sometimes when, when those, those revelations happen of, 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 of like think of another Glaswegian, Billy Connolly. Yeah. You know, when his book came out, mm. and, and within that there was the story of, of, of the abuse he had yeah, yeah. at the hands of his aunts. And yeah, yeah, I remember. I read that, yeah. And, and again, that kind of it opened up. Uh, a conversation if, if even you know one of the world's favourite comedians someone that happiest oh, person yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that happened to him and he got and that's the other thing is, is because the end of the story is saying for the time being yeah well and you end up here yeah. you end up there yeah. and, the, and you know what like I said I'm not I'm certainly it's not like hey I'm cured I, you know I, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel now and it's not scaring me it's not the train coming like I always like it's always been in the past I, you know I, I think you know, there's, I'm I'm constantly going to be dealing with these issues for the rest of my life. Um, but the, the fact that I'm turning and looking at them makes them a lot less scary than they were. You know, I think the fact that you when when you don't face something, it's it's really it's really frightening. And it doesn't matter whether you it doesn't matter how brave you are. You know, it, I, this is not about being brave. This is about courage. And courage courage is from within, and it's something that you know it's it's you know it's not bravado. It's not chest chest beating. It's it's 
you know, it's taking things in stride and, and you know, and, and being prepared to, to, you know, to put some hard yards in. You know, and, that, and, and until I started facing this stuff, I never, I don't think I've ever been courageous. So, so I think, you know, and that, the, the fact that I think that, that, that about myself makes me feel better and gives me, gives me strength to sort of keep facing it. There's a, I mean, there's a great book coming out, I think, in February or March, certainly in Australia, which is uh, Hannah Gadsby. I don't know if you, you know, no. Hannah, she's a, an Australian comedian right. uh, who won the Melbourne uh, uh, Comedy Festival Best Act and, and right. Robert Heltman Prize, I think, as well. Yeah. Various oh, right. oh, yeah. And hers is, is another story where you go at the end. It's, it's an incredible bit of stand-up. She does an hour-long show. Yeah. And it's kind of what it was like to, to be a young lesbian growing up in Tasmania where this was, you yeah. know, and it is, and again, by the end of it, it's a real, there's times you feel sick there's yeah. times you want to cry yeah. all of these things you don't, and at times you don't really know how to yeah. react in the same way with sometimes some of the potency in, in, in your story there's bits where you go I'll give it a little bit of a break now yeah well you know I, but listen I, I have so many comedians I know are, are battling with, the, with their own stuff and that's you know that's you know their, their, way, their way of you know of, of running from it is being funny you know my way of screaming and being, making music I've got so many friends with, you know who are comedians who are just so many so dark and have so, so many issues to deal with as well you know? and that's just the way they cope you know so yeah music and comedy they're not they're not dissimilar the good thing is, though, now you don't have to wait for the book because it used to be this was all kept hidden, and then when you died, someone would go, the true story. Of yeah, and, 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 and now you up. go, well, no, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm telling it. this story. And I think in comedians as well, people like Hannah Gasby, they, they, they go, yeah. I'm going to be in charge of, the, of this I'm, story. I'm, yeah, I'm taking, my, I'm taking it in my, my control. That's, that's right. I, I feel for the first time in my life I've, I've got some control in my life, which is, and that doesn't, and I'm, hasn't changed who I am. I'm, if anything, I'm more, I'm more sort of, you know, Full on and more aggressive on stage. I'm twice as aggressive now as I was before because you know, but, but it's controlled and it, and I know why I'm feeling it and I'm, and I can pull it and use it when I want it and it's and just the shows the shows that I do uh, live are, are probably twice as intense as they were when I was sort of fighting with this emotion trying to you know trying to sort of hide you know from from myself and it it's it's really amazing it's really liberating yeah. <laughs> Uh, hello, if you enjoy the show, you can go to cosmicshambles.com forward slash bookshambles and you'll be able to find full reading lists from each episode. So anything that's been talked about by anyone speaking, you'll be able to see it, access it and then get hold of it or put it on your Christmas list or on your non-denominational wish list. And don't forget from that site or also just go to patreon.com slash bookshambles. You can help support the show with a donation. You get bonus episodes, extended episodes, uh, win prizes. We've given away some front row seats to the Nine Lessons and Carols shows uh, with Robin and Josie uh, just this week. So head over there and if you've got a spare pound, uh, pledge for Christmas. This podcast is part of the Cosmic Shambles Network. Josie Robbins' Book Shambles was produced by Trent Burton of Trunkman Productions. Good night.